Okay, so this has got to be like take five or take six already. I messed up <laughs> reading my little script here so many times. Either that or I was distracted or any number of things. But anyway, this episode is going to be about Alice Cooper, the shock rock icon. So Alice Cooper was born in 1948 as, as Vincent Damon Furnier in Detroit, Michigan. So he is a fellow Michigander. So how about that? And there are a lot of quirky little facts about him. Some of them are pretty well known, of course. And I, I'm not really going to dig that deep and find too many uh, shocking or surprising details about his life. But, you know, like some things are interesting, like, you know, he's a born again Christian type. And I'm surprised he never released a box that titled The Gospel According to Alice Cooper or anything like that. But, you know, he has, you know, religious beliefs and values that some might think clash with his onstage persona. And in fact, in an interesting way, that's almost how the band's name got started at first. Um, in 1968, the band was originally called Naz which is kind of strange. I don't really know what that means. But interestingly enough, Todd Rundgren also had a band called Naz. So their band had to change their name, and they ultimately settled on Alice Cooper. That was chosen because they thought it would sound wholesome and ironically clash with their onstage personas. And they also knew that socially conservative critics would lambaste the perceived poor quality of the band and its supposed bad influence on youth culture and all that kind of stuff. And the look of Alice Cooper was inspired by Vincent's professional and personal relationship with another Frank Zappa-signed act, the GTOs, an all-female band who dressed Alice Cooper up and apparently some elements of that look would stick with the band and really help um, determine their direction in terms of aesthetics. So Alice Cooper released their 1969 debut album on Frank Zappa's Straight Records label with limited chart success. So they weren't a rip-roaring success right out the gate, but they stuck with it. And, you know, over the years, they really built up their... Uh, on stage craziness with props like pyrotechnics, guillotines, electric chairs, fake blood, snakes, baby dolls, and magic tricks, and all kinds of different doodads and doohickeys. You know, they they definitely have that part of their their show that is considered legendary and iconic and all that. But at the same time, you know, I don't want to overlook the impact that their music has had. You know, they've had breakthrough studio albums. They've made it on the Billboard charts and everything. Obviously, they had big success with their album Love It to Death. And their 1970 single I'm 18 reached number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100 in early 1971. The... uh Billion Dollar Babies album is said to be when they reached their commercial peak back in 1973. And, you know, it's hard to say when they reached their, you know, the top point of the creative 
achievement level. Boy, I worded that kind of funny, but oh well. Um, it's it's hard it's hard to say what their like greatest song is, but a lot of people might say you know it's it schools out, and that that's sort of an anthem. Even even I'm eighteen is iconic. Some people you know they might like poison, even though for me it's 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 a bit of a cheesy tongue in cheek kind of song. It definitely wouldn't be my favorite, but you know some people seem to really prefer that one. No More Mr. Nice Guy is a great song, and it's probably the best song off of the Billion Dollar Babies album. And I think most people would agree that No More Mr. Nice Guy is at least a catchy song, you know, even if it's not their favorite. And, uh, you know, that's that's one thing about the band. They, they did know how to write songs that would be catchy. And uh, so in that sense, they were not just a shock rock band, but, you know, they had pop sensibilities, you might say. They they knew how to write songs that would uh, stay, stay with you, perhaps. And, you know, as, as morbid and on-the-nose gothy as this would probably sound, I think Dead Babies is probably my favorite Alice Cooper song. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a weird song to choose, I'll, I'll admit it. And uh, hopefully it doesn't reflect too many weird things on me. But, you know, I just think the lyrics are good. I just think it's like a, a dark song. And uh, I think it has a positive message in a way. Although not like, I don't know if it's exactly life-changing, but it does provide food for thought in a limited way. But I just like the feel of the song, really. That's really what uh, gets, gets me into it. Just the overall feel. It's like a creepy song, yet it's also catchy at the same time. And, you know, I, I got to admit, I'm a sucker for a, for a dark theme, really. So that's kind of why that's probably my favorite Alice Cooper tune. But, you know, you, you may have also seen Alice Cooper on The Muppet Show, perhaps, you know, where he played Welcome to My Nightmare. He's also appeared in horror movies. You know, you might have seen him in Friday the 13th, part six, where, uh, you know, he uh, played some of the song. Well, he didn't physically appear in that movie. I should correct that. He, But his music is prominent in the movie. And uh, additionally, Alice Cooper has appeared as an actual actor in a few roles, pretty famously having his classic cameo moment in Wayne's World. But also, he played a more serious, albeit silent, homeless villain character in John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. So you might want to check that movie out, because uh, that's really, to my knowledge, one of the few times he was a little bit more of a serious, villainous character. Um, I think a lot of the other times he's been involved in movies, it's either been you know, just at either playing himself or it's been with some of his songs on the soundtrack or something like that. Um, so, you know, he's he's also uh, played Freddy Krueger's abusive foster father and the much maligned Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which is a movie I still enjoy despite critics and fans pooping on it all the time. And 
it's it's not like Alice Cooper's like the main reason I like the movie or whatever. It's just, you know, he's he's just one of the elements that's like, oh, hey, that's Alice Cooper. And, uh, you know, it's it's not the most popular movie. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I don't always like what's popular. You know, that's not how I roll. But anyway, uh, Alice Cooper also plays a fairly significant role in the Tim Burton movie Dark Shadows. And he also appeared in the cheesy sci-fi channel TV movie called Bigfoot, which, you know, is an original title, I suppose. <laughs> Just call movie Bigfoot. But it, it's definitely a guilty pleasure of a movie for me. But I have to admit, I actually enjoy that one. And it does bring some shame upon me to admit that um, because it's it's definitely not a good movie. But at the same time, you know, it's it's like just a light shame. It's not a heavy coating of it. No doubt Alice Cooper has influenced tons of bands, even though he was not the first shock rocker. Some people might, you know, uh, accidentally believe that he was. But you had people like Screamin' Jay Hawkins who was there before he was. And there's also a guy named Arthur Brown, who was technically around a little bit before Alice Cooper and who influenced him. And I'm sure that somewhere out there you could find some relatively obscure, you know, band or musician who was doing stuff that was kind of shocking. But, you know, Alice Cooper is definitely one of the originals one of the pioneers of shock rock. And uh, I would say, you know, obviously he influenced people like Rob Zombie and also a certain guy who merged the names of Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson to create his own, you know, persona and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, very influential guy. My mom likes his music. Maybe your mom likes his music too. And, uh, Really, I don't have much more to say about him. Just, uh, you know, he's he's still alive right now. Um, as far as I know, while I'm recording this. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's, let's celebrate his life and his legacy. And, you know, occasionally listen to some of his songs. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's you don't have to be ashamed of it. He's got some good songs. I think even some of his critics would agree that his songs are catchy. You know, just go ahead and listen to them every once in a while. It's not going to hurt you. Well, not too much anyway. Anyway, that's about it. Have a good day.